Happy New Year, everyone. Did you have a good holiday? <laughs> hey, kids are going back to school, parents, tomorrow. It's a good day to celebrate. Uh, everybody had one of these on your chair when you came in this morning? Just take it out, hold it in your hand. There should be a pen in the seat pocket in front of you if you lose the race to the person next to you. You guys can share a pen, or if you're sitting next to a mom or a grandmother, they definitely have pens in the bottom of their purse with the gum wrappers and the dust. They've got a few pens down in there, guaranteed. Maybe they will share one with you. Please grab that pen and write your name in the front of this book. This is your book now. You can please take it with you today. You can bring it back with you next Sunday on the cover. Um, has the series, the series titled Dreamers. And what we are going to be talking about um, all month long and a little bit longer than that is just understanding what God's dreams are for us. And we're going to try to distinguish from the scripture what is a godly dream versus just a goal that I'm setting and uh, goals are a good thing, but we want to actually know what God has for us for our future. So did everybody find a pen? Because you've all got a book. Come on, people, share that pen. <clears throat> that person next to you, write your name in, and now we'll get back to the notes here in a second. Um, as Before we just kick off the message this morning, I just have a couple recommendations for you as we start out the year. Um, uh, start out some sort of Bible reading plan as we start out the brand new year, if you have the version Bible app on your phone or device. Um, when you open up that app on the bottom, it'll say plans. You can read through the whole Bible in a year. You can read through the New Testament in a year. There's compressed ways to read through both of those things. Uh, there's topical Bible reading plans like healing, love, grace, forgiveness, different things like that. So as we're starting out, the brand new year. Think about some sort of systematic way that you can go through the scripture, not a haphazard thing. You, uh, again, there's lots of Bible reading plans in there. S- pick the one that would suit you the most. Um, I know a couple years ago, I read through the Bible in 30 days. Uh, it's the start of the year, and I'm a little bit competitive. So I know I was feeling like just to accomplish that, and I kind of don't know that I... I mean, I got something out of it, but it was just like to finish the goal, to do it, to say that I did it. Um, So instead of doing that this year, I'm actually doing uh, just a New Testament Bible reading to start the year, just going to go through Matthew to Revelation. Um, I'm not going to be doing it through the year. It'll probably take me about a month and a half to go through. But again, I just recommend you um, do some sort of Bible reading plan. And then another thing that I recommend you specifically as a starting the brand new year and maybe coming out of the holidays where we probably overate a little bit. Anybody want to tell the truth this morning in church? Maybe overindulge a little bit with some sugar and some different stuff that we do some sort of fasting um, to start out the year, just curbing or cutting things out of our diet. For the the vast majority of us, if your doctor has told you you shouldn't fast, um, you know, go with your doctor's order. For the vast majority of us, Cutting out some calories would be a good thing. Can I get an amen? I've, I've already started to do this a little bit. And do you know, you know your body will talk to you <clears throat> when you start to deny it the things you've been giving it? You know, you're there at a certain time of night and you've had the practice of eating this certain type of food. You know, your body's gonna tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, hey, hey that thing is still in the cupboard. 
and you, you've been giving it to me every day for the last 30 days. Let's go get it again. I really want it. That's another reason why we would fast, that we don't let our bodies rule our lives. Um, as we do do some sort of fasting, whether it's fasting for a day or intermittent fasting, again, these are all healthy things. If you do like a quick Google search, uh, fasting is very healthy for your body, cutting certain things out that we know would be detrimental um, to our physical health. Um, you know, when we start doing that, again, for, for the purposes of what I'm saying too, it's not just for cutting things out of our diet, which we, we should realize what are those things that are not healthy for us, but then also for the purposes of setting more time aside for worship and prayer, that we realize that God is our ultimate source, not just the food we eat, that God is our source. And so at the beginning of this year, I'm gonna set some extra time aside for worship and prayer like we're gonna be doing tonight as well at 6 p.m. And uh, so engage in some sort of fasting. We can also fast some sort of media, social media, different things like that that might be consuming all of our attention. Taking some of that attention and giving it to God instead would be a good, healthy thing for us. Can I get an amen? All right. <clears throat> Everybody loves when I talk about fasting. All right, dreamers, as we, kicking, as we kick it off today, are you living the dream? <laughs> some people are like, yeah. Some people are like, not a chance. I'm not living the dream. I don't even know what the dream should be. You know, is, is this the dream? Is, would this be my ultimate thing in my life that... Sort of the monotony that I'm going through and sort of the commute and the paying off a mortgage and then working this job. Is this the dream that, that we expected for our lives? <coughs> and then we think about living the dream. We're not, again, we're not even sure what the source of the dream should be. We maybe have some friends on social media that we grew up around in high school and different seasons of life. And then they maybe seem further along in life. And then so they have this dream and they're able to live this dream and then here I am at this season of my life. And then we, again, we would think, well, am I living the dream or am I living my dream? What is my dream? I, I, I want what I want when I want it. And that would be a little bit of the voice and culture for us that you just need to satiate all the desires of your flesh and all of the things that you would think about you. If you just do all of those things, if you just satisfy yourself... My dream, what is my dream? Versus, what is the dream of God for my life? God, what is your vision for my life? And it's a little bit what we want to look at and talk about, and it's a little bit what we're gonna write in this journal as we go throughout this series. And what I, I want you, as we're talking about certain things in the series, and I'll mention some things to write down and some questions um, but we want to decipher what is a godly dream. And we're going to see some verses today that will help us to do that. Because again, instead of just the dream or my dream, we should desire and want as followers of Christ, what is God's dream for my life? And so the working definition that we're using here for vision or dream, we're kind of using this as interchangeable terms throughout this series we're not necessarily talking about a vision, you know, that the Apostle Paul had on the road to Damascus where he just had an open vision and he was able to see into the spirit realm and he saw Jesus. Hey, listen, if God gives you one of those things, praise God, we'll celebrate it. I'm not necessarily saying one of those things. We believe in those um, activities. 
But when we're talking about vision and dreams for our lives, really, it's just the awareness, this is a good thing to write in your notebook, the awareness of God's desired future for you. God, what is your dream? What is your vision for my life? <clears throat> and again, we see in the scripture, we see from children and teenagers all the way up to 80-year-olds and beyond. So all of us in the room today, we're, we can't opt out that God has a vision and a dream for everybody regardless of your age. So this is something that we can all partake of and be thinking about. But we have to know that this is how God operates. God operates through vision. And what I mean by that is God is painting a picture for us of his preferred future for our lives, giving us an image, giving us a dream, giving us something that we should move towards. If you, over the holiday season, did some sort of puzzles, you know, play games and stuff like that, if you did a puzzle, what do you need to accomplish the puzzle? You need the finished product. You need to see the picture of what you're making. And this is what God does for us, that he provides for us the picture, the end result, the end goal. But then also he gives us the steps along the way. This is one of the things that we're gonna be talking about in this series, not just dreaming dreams, but then also what are the steps to fulfill the dreams that God has given to us. So God starts with the end goal in mind. So for any parents in the room today, God will give us a dream and a vision about what we would see for our child's future. The end goal. What, what type of child that we want them to be? What type of adult that we want them to be? And then that dream is fulfilled in the daily training of our children. Can I get an amen? And so if we want our children to grow up and to be adults that are grateful and thankful and not entitled, what would we train our children to do? We're gonna train them to say please and thank you. It literally makes my skin crawl when I see a child, a toddler, look at its mother and say, give me that. And the mother gives it to the child. That's an adult of a certain kind in the future. How is that child going to know to say please unless parents you say to them when they say, give me that thing and you repeat back to them, please may I have, please sir, I want some more. <laughs> and then when you give it to them, and they take it and don't say anything unless you say, say thank you, how will they know? Are you here this morning? Any parents in the room starting out a new year? Can you envision your child who they're gonna be with the training that you're gonna give them? Because God, this is how God starts out. This is the type of adult that I want my child to be, so we're gonna back up to the toddler years and we're gonna start now or wherever we are right now in our parenting journey. Got quiet. This isn't about, this is not a parenting series. That's good advice for parents in the room. <clears throat> so what is the nature of a godly dream? This is what we're gonna, we're gonna look at here in this series. 
And here's something we need to know about the visions and dreams that God gives us. God doesn't sell you short. God knows all of the potential that he's placed on the inside of you. All the gifts and talents that he's given you. We talked about that online last week. (coughs) God knows what all of those things are. He knows what all of your abilities are, all, all of your possibilities based on who he's formed you to be from your mother's womb. And he doesn't sell you short in any of those things. He's not, he never says to us, ah, that's good enough. He's always presenting to us, he's showing us a vision and a dream related to the potential that he's already placed on the inside of you. And then also he gives you the grace to do it. The ability to do that. But are we just doing my goals or my dreams or the goals and the dreams? Are we embracing God's vision and God's dream for our lives? How much potential is wrapped up in you? How much has God placed in you? He's expecting something of us, as we talked about the talents last week. He's expecting us to do something with what he's given us. And the vision that we would have for our lives and the dreams that we should have for our lives, again, will have to do with our gifts and talents. You know, if if art is your best subject in school, God's not calling you to be a mathematician and vice versa. And we need artists and mathematicians. But don't try to be something that you're not. Don't try to live somebody else's dream. Live the dream that God has given you. The abilities and talents and gifts. We're going to read here the, the keynote verse that's here on the cover of your journal. Habakkuk chapter 2. And this the context of these verses when the children of Israel were in Babylonian exile and the prophet is looking out and he's kind of a little bit complaining about the state of them and being in bondage in different places and, and being in exile, but also desiring what, what God would say about the situation. And then all of us, again, should want this. God, what do you say about my life? What do you say about my future. Let's read it here. <coughs> Habakkuk chapter two, verse one, it says, I will take my stand at the watch post and the station of myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. And this is the starting place for godly dreams and visions. The watch post, the idea was that they would see a messenger coming with some sort of information. And this is, should be our desire, not just, not just the dream or my dream, but God, what, what are you saying to me? What, what picture are you painting for my future? What dream and vision are you giving me? And what I am will answer concerning my complaint, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets. We didn't give you a tablet this morning. We gave you a notebook. So he may run who reads it. In other words, that we would be able to do the vision that we would see. See, God doesn't want us to be ignorant 
of his dreams and visions for our lives. But he also wants us to be good stewards of it. He wants us to know what it is so that we would actually run with it. Not just my vision, not just the vision, not just the dream, not just the thoughts of culture. I gotta want to know, and I I trust that I can know, that I know that you're gonna speak to me. And so what am I gonna do? I am gonna write it down so that I can run with it. So we should want, we should desire a godly vision. (coughs) Verse three, for still the vision awaits, it's appointed time, it hastens to the end. It will not lie, if it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up and is not upright within him that the righteous shall live by his faith. There's some dreams and visions that God will give us that, that can happen really fast. Could be quick combinations of those dreams and then other of those things could take five years, could take 10 years. But we can see the vision of God will come to pass. But what are we gonna do? We're gonna live by faith. We're gonna be trusting God to order our steps as we run towards the vision he gives us. It seems slow, but I'm just gonna keep walking it out as I continue to trust God. But I know what you have revealed to me. I know what you've given to me. I know the potential on the inside of of me. I know what you're saying to me through your word and by your spirit. So here, for your notebook, this is the question. The big question for this series is, God, what dreams and visions do you have for me? It's the thing to write in your notebook right now. This is the question. God, what dreams and visions do you have for me? And the goal, the dream, the vision of this series would be that at the end of it, you would have some things written down that God would answer that prayer, that God would answer that question. God, what do you have for me? And by the end of today, by the end of this message, you're gonna already have some things written down. Because there's some answers for us in scripture. There's some specifics for us that are gonna come by the spirit of God. But this should be our question. That we are not our own. We are bought with a price. So the dreams and visions for our lives should come from God. This should be our desire. God, what dreams and visions do you have for me? The first one, I would say, for all of us as followers of Jesus, is to know him more, to be a disciple, to be a lifelong learner about Jesus, to grow closer to him to understand who he is more than I do today, more on January 7, 2024, at the end of this year, December 31st, 2024, that you would know God more, that you would understand him better, that you would be closer to him. This would be a dream and vision for all of us in here today, that I would truly be a disciple of Christ, not just a Christian in name only, but I would be doing the things, the activities of God, that I would be thinking the thoughts of God and making plans of God for my life and then acting out obedience to the word of God. God, what dreams do you have for me, for my family, for my finances, for my education, for my job, for my career, for my relationships? And all of us, 
All of this can be encompassed in one word, my future. What, it, what would you have for all of these things, plus all of the areas of my life for my future? What would you be revealing to me? What dream would you be placing in my heart so that I would be aware of your will for my life? That he would give us his thoughts and then he would give us the power to do it. So what we wanna do with this series There's nothing inherently wrong with goals. It's good to set goals. But specifically, we want to dream with God in this series. God, what what are you saying about my life and my family and my future and all of these areas? I want to dream with you. I want to place my life in your hands. And I know that you love me more than anyone. And I know that your plans and purposes for me are beyond anything that I could dream, beyond anything I could just dream for myself, that I could just make up for myself. I want those godly dreams for my life. So here's something common for all of us. Romans chapter eight, verse 29 says, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So verse 29, what does it say? He has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. So one of God's dreams for all of us is to be more like Jesus. To be conformed to the image of his son. So here we all share this today. And your family and friends will thank you the more like Jesus you are. The more like Jesus you are, the better you will be. Can I get an amen on that one? This is a lifelong journey of sanctification, being set apart for the purposes of God, to be conformed to the image of Christ. And this is why I started out this message, talking about Bible reading, fasting. Because the more we spend time in the word of God, the more we understand the will of God for our lives, the more we see Jesus, the more we can be conformed to the image of his will. There's a goal, a vision, a dream for all of us. See, God wants to affect our thoughts, our plans, and our actions. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three says this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What are these strongholds? Ways of thinking. And the word of God opposes the ways of the world. And these things can become strongholds in our mind. Verse Verse five, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. (coughs) We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Bring every thought captive to Christ. Here is a dream and vision for all of us from God. That the ways of the world would no longer be strongholds in our mind, but the giver of life 
who knows how to live life better than anyone, that we would take his thoughts and we would be captivated by his dreams and visions for our lives. Because it's very easy to get captivated by the ways of the world. But he wants our lives and our thoughts to be captive to him, to the giver of life, to the one who saved us. So what does God say? Will I believe it? Will I walk in it? This is a dream and vision that God has for all of us. So here's a way, we're gonna read a verse here that will help us to distinguish the nature of a godly vision. This will be a little bit more personal now for you. How do I distinguish? How do I know? Because we would want to know. God, what are you saying to us? Philippians chapter three, verse 12. (coughs) Not that I have already obtained or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. So here's a good realization from the scripture. None of us have arrived. In 2023, we didn't finish all the work that God has for us. And we aren't fully like Christ. None of us are are the pinnacle of humanity. Can I get an amen? No perfect people in this church, the room, or anywhere. I haven't obtained, but I press on to make it my own because Christ has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider it that I have made it my own, but one thing that I do, forgetting what lies behind. Now, why is this important? So now he's going to compare and contrast our past and our future. Now, the thing we know is that we have, that we can explain is what has happened to us. It's clear we, we lived it. The future, we, we can see something out in front of us, but it's a little less clear than the past. The past is clear. But the scripture is telling us to forget about the past. Not live life staring in the rearview mirror. And we all know that we could be captivated by our past. But here the scripture is telling us to do something else with our thought life and with our lives. Brothers, do not consider, uh, sorry, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. So what does God want us to do? What is the nature of a godly vision? That he wants us to move forward, straining forward. We're comfortable in the past. It's clear. It happened. But what do we got to do? We got to move forward. It's calling us forward. This is the nature of a godly vision, moving us forward. In other words, change. Everybody say change. That means we got to change. But what type of change? Is it any old change? I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The upward call. God is always calling us up. God is calling us up. Not to stay the same. Not to stay here. Not to be satisfied. Not to be status quo. Calling us up in him. This is the nature of a godly dream and vision for our lives. He's calling us up. Calling us to change. Could I use this word? He's calling us to improve. To be better. 
to change for the better. This is the upward call to not stay the same, to become more like Christ, to be aware of, to have more clarity about the vision that God has for my life. Do you know some areas that, that God is already talking to you about? You're like, well, I'm not sure. Well, here, here's what it sounds like. I really need to... You ever said that to yourself? I, I just feel like I need to fill in the blank. Do we think that that might be God leading us to do something? Man, I just really need to get in shape. <laughs> now, I didn't mention body on the list earlier because I would have lost half of the room. I really need to vision for our family. We really need to. These are the things that God is speaking to our hearts. We're going to finish here with a story about Gideon, one of my favorite Bible stories. And in the book of Judges, we see this thing happen over and over again with the children of Israel that they, they mess up, they make mistakes, and then they find themselves in bondage, and then they're, they cry out to God, and then God saves them, and then they go for a little while, and then they do something stupid again. This kind of seems like life, Right? We do some stuff and we're really serving God and then we kind of maybe take a step back or two. And there's this guy named Gideon who God gives a vision to. And as we read this story, it will help us again to distinguish and understand a godly vision for our lives. Let's read it here. Um, Judges chapter six, verse 11. It said, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under Terebinth, at Ophrah, which belongs to Joash, the Abizrite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press to hide from the Midianites. Now, the Midianites were the ones that had taken over Israel in this moment when Israel had messed up and started serving other gods. Now here, Gideon was using the wine press for something that it wasn't its intended purpose. And why was he doing it? Because he was afraid of the Midianites. So here, Gideon is afraid of the future. This is not a good place to be. Nervous. All these things have happened to us. We're in a place where we shouldn't be. We've messed up so many times. And here Gideon is hiding away in the wine press. Verse 12. I love this verse. Truly. And the angel of the Lord appeared and said to him, Gideon, yeah, you really have it rough. You've got it higher than most people. Your past is terrible. I'm, I'm, really, feeling, I'm really feeling pity for you today. Is that what the scripture says? The Lord said... The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Someone who's hiding away, afraid. God operates by vision. 
God doesn't show up and repeat to Gideon his circumstances. He shows up and he says something to Gideon about his intended future for Gideon. He doesn't wallow in the pain with him. God shows compassion on us, but he's not wanting us to stay in that place. He presents to us a future. What what does the scripture always say when when an angel shows up or Jesus shows up and there's a vision and the people are afraid? What does God say? Don't be afraid. God is presenting something else, the upward call. Shows up to Gideon, who we'll see here in a second, has a really poor opinion of himself. But God shows up and doesn't agree with that opinion. He says to him, Almighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all of this happened to us? Why this and why that and why the other? Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why, why has this happened to us? And where are the wonderful deeds that our father recounted to us, saying, Did the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to Tim and said, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. God ignored everything Gideon said. All of his whining. Just ignored it all. And what did he say? Go. I have a different future than your present. I have a dream for you. I have a vision for you. I have my plans for you. Forgetting the past. Verse 15. And he said to him, this is Gideon speaking now, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Gideon has all of the excuses. I don't know why, and I'm the weakest. Why me? Why this? And the Lord answered him, but I will be with you. You shall strike the Midianites as one man. He didn't go into all the whys and be like, oh yeah, I feel bad for you. You are the weakest. And you do come from the worst family. Yeah, it's really bad for you. No, God is with you. And he has a dream for you. The question is, will we embrace the dream of God? Are we will just pick the dream or my dream? Or will we accept the dreams of God for our lives? Let's pray today. God, we love you so much. We thank you for your goodness. God, we see in your word today that you are pushing us out of our comfort zones, places that we are used to, and you are giving us the upward call for our lives, that you're not letting us and wanting us to remain in our past with our difficulties and our excuses and all of the things from our past and our families. But God, you come to us with the upward call. You come to us with your dream. 
You come to us with your vision for our lives. God, and we pray as a family, as a church. God, we want your will for our lives. We want your dream. We want your intended future for us. And as we start out on this journey together, we say yes ahead of time. We say yes to all of the things that you have for us. Because God, you know all of the potential that's laying dormant on the inside of us. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and you have never said yes to Jesus, God's dream vision for all of us is to be in a relationship with him. And God has made a way for all of us to be in a relationship with himself. And we don't have a relationship with God because we're perfectly moral agents. None of us are. And we don't have a relationship with God because we create some sort of religious system and offer that to God. No, God has come down in Christ and made a way for us to say yes. Provided us with the gift of salvation and all we have to do is say yes. So if that's you today, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second and I invite you to pray along with me. We all need a starting place with God. Or maybe if you're here today and you feel distant from God, you know, there's no better way to start this year than to get close back with God. He's not mad at you today. He invites you close to himself again. So church, let's all bow our head and close our eyes and pray this prayer out loud with somebody who might be praying it for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, come on, let's celebrate with those who made that decision for the first time today. Yes, we are celebrating with you. If that was you, if you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time, or you rededicated your life to him, we're gonna encourage you to fill out the connect part connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. Uh, check off, I have decided, and turn that into the info desk. We have a team that's going to greet you, and they're going to celebrate with you. But most importantly, they're going to give you some free resources for your new journey of faith. Um, are you happy that you came to church for our first Sunday together? Come on, in 2024. It's going to be good this year. want to remind you tonight we're meeting up again at 6 p.m. for our worship and prayer night. Make sure you make plans to be here. It's going to be really great just kind of intentionally seeking out time to worship and pray together as a church family. All right, I'll invite you to stand as we get ready to go. You came to church this morning hoping for someone to pray with you or for you. Some of our church leaders, they're making their way down to the front of the stage right now. They'd be more than happy to pray with you right after service is dismissed. All right, City Church, pray that you have a great week dreaming big and dreaming with God. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday at 8.30, 10.15 or noon. We love you. Have a great week.